0: om sahana bhavatu sahana bhavatu sahviryam karavahai tejasvinavadhitam astum viveshavahai om shantashya shantih shanti. om puramada Puramidam Puran <imitation> Purnamunachyade Purnasya Purnamadaya Purnamivavashishyade Om Shanti Shanti Shruti Smridi Purananam Alayam Karunalayam Namami Bhagavat Shankaram loka shankaram Sankaram Sankaracharyam, keshavam bhadrayaram sutra vashatutao vande bhagavantao punapunaha ishvaro guru rat madee murti vedavibhagine vyoma dehaya Dakshinamurtayama, Siharim Paramanandam, Sri Harim Paramanandam Upadesadam Ishvaram Vyapagam sarvalokānām Kāraṇam Lokana aparokshanuputirvai aparokshanuputirvai brocate moksha siddhay sadhirev vaktrayatmeneen
1: So in the last verses that we saw, Shruti and Yukti, from various statements of the Upanishad, there is Shruti and Yukti, the reasoning also, Kasamsya Dehaka Pawan. In each case, the question was asked, Dehaka, and also an interesting, Deha means body, to that when suffix ka is added. In the sense of kuchitam, nindhaniyam, something that deserves to be censured, dehaka, the body that is censurable, how can it be atma? How can it be the self? That's the question. And then it cannot be because somebody said body is atma. There is no atma other than body. This is what the Charvaka or the materialists say. Oh, that's what everybody believes, everybody feels. So even when we know in this manner, still the mind, because old habit, keeps going back in identifying with the body, then we can say this to our own mind. Kasam Oh, mind, you are taking body to be yourself, how can body be in the self? So we can Keep on reminding your mind. So what should we do, Samiji? He is alertly. Remember this kahansya deha kah puman. This deha, this body, how can it be puman, purusha, atma, how can it be atma? Because, amsabdena vichyataha. Atma is one that is known to everybody as I, I, I. Not known to anybody because it is self-effacing. Revealing itself as very I, very myself. Ekah. And it is one because it is nirvishesha, without vishesha, without attributes. And the therefore there is nothing separate one atma from the other. So samaha, last, earlier to say, you know. So samaha, saksya, I am one, same in all. Nirvasham, is samam brahma, or panditaha. How Bhagavad-gita says that in a brahmana, a pious brahmana is sattvic, or in a cow, in an elephant, in a dog, even in an untouchable you know, Pandita, samadarsinaha, the wise see samatvama, the sameness. In all the dissimilarities, the wise see the sameness. Just as a goldsmith sees one same gold, in all variety of ornaments. Am <coughs> the Also I am very well known, in know a subject, I know myself very well. As dastā, as seer, as subject. I have no doubt about that. Deho drisya Then body is very much the object, if you pay attention. If you do not pay attention, mechanically we take body also as atman. But then if you pay attention, it becomes very clear that body also is an object of knowledge, as the thought is. But I never cease to be the subject. So I am always well known, Recognize as subject, and body is recognized as object. And I call this body as mine. How can this body be I? Anam vika vika vikārinath deho nityam vikār See, this Yukti is given us. The reasoning is given to us as to how we can make our mind see the body cannot be Atma. Aham Vikarahinastu. The eye is devoid of all changes and modifications because I am the witness of all modifications. The witness is always different from what is witnessed. So I am the witness of all modifications. However, I am free from all modifications, I am changeless. Whereas the body is constantly changing. So how can you, how can this body be the self? How can body be subject? How can it be atma? So this yukti is given, reasoning is given as to how this body cannot be atma and. That's what the Śrīti, the Upanishads, also declare. yasmāt paranna penedam pūruṣena sarvam. The shruti also describes the ātmā as pūruṣa, the purṇa the complete. The one non-dival, saying that there is nothing superior, there is nothing inferior, Nothing gross, nothing subtle. There's nothing other than Atma. All there is the Atma who pervades everything and fills everything. Meaning that is the lakshana of Atma. Śruti Upanishad describes lakshana, the nature or characteristics of Atma. With Atma, Purushana. pure, complete. That. Above which there is nothing, below which there is nothing, higher than which there is nothing, lower means, that is just one non-dual. How can body qualify to that? Saram purush evete suktya purusha saṅgyate. the suktya hymn called purusha also it says purush eva gum. All of this is purusha, all of this is ātma. How can this body be ātma? Asaṅgat purusha pravokta Again, Upanishad says, Asangoheyam purusha, This Purusha, the Self, is unconnected, detached, unrelated. -ah. (coughs) Asanga. Meaning, is untouched by any impurities, ever pure. Anantamlasam srishta. Look at this body, which contains all kinds of impurities. How can body, this be Atman? So continuing this line of argument, where the author gives various statements from Śrīti, there was thirty-seven answers. Tattrīva ca samākhyātah Tattrīva ca samākhyātah Swayam jyote hi, sayam jyote hi
0: pūrśah jadaḥ para-prakāśyoyam katham śādehakaḥ pamāṁ.
1: Tatra-evacah, there itself. There means what? In the previous verse, the author quoted a statement from the Upanishad, asaṅgoyam paruṣah. This Purusha is Asanga, unattached, unconnected. Tattraya, in the same Upanishad, again, about Purusha Atma, this is what he say. saying. So, Atrayam Purusha Svam Jyotir Bhavadi. Dialogue between Sri Jagni Valkya and King Janaka. King Janaka initiates, initiates his dialogue by asking a question, Kim Jyotarayam Purusha? ose Valkya? What is the Jyoti? What is the light that in fact enlivens this body-mind complex? What is the light in which this person performs all these activities? What is that light which enables this person to perform all the activities? This aditya jyote samrad. This person is aditya Jyoti In light of sun, he performs all his activities. He is at home, goes out, performs all his activities, comes back. That's right. But then, astamite aditya, then King Janaka says, all right. However, when the sun sets, then what's the light with which um, this person performs all his activities? Chandramah, the moon is the light. The sun sets, then in light of moon, this person, he stays home. <speaking> goes out, performs various chores, comes back, eva-me-yama, that's right. However, when the sun also sets, the moon also sets, not just when the sun sets, not when just the moon sets, because then the sun can, but when sun also sets and moon also sets, when it's complete dark, then what's the light in which? This person performs all the activities. Then the Agni says, is agni. It is a fire in light of which because the torch. In the light of torch, fire, this person stays at home, goes out, performs activities, comes back. Even me, away that the Agni Valka, that's right. But when the sun is set, the moon also is set. The fire also is extinguished. Then what's the light in which he performs all his activities? Yagna says the speech becomes a light. Because in the pitch dark also, someone who is ahead of his swamini come this way. Then you can be guided by also the sound. Oh, you're wondering which direction is the village and you, you hear the dogs barking. Oh, this is the side where the village is. So everything is dark then, the sound also can guide you to your destination, enable you to perform activities. You never side. the sun also, when the sun has set, moon also has set, fire also is put off, speech also has become quiet. Meaning, when all the conventional sources of illumination, none of them is available, then what's the light in which he performs all activities? But Is it possible? Then when none of the lights is there, Sun is not there, moon is not there, fire is not there, speech is not There is nothing to guide you at all. How can any Vavara, how can any interaction, transaction, activity take place? But here Janak- King Janaka says that yes, there is a situ- state where none of these luminaries is there and still the activities take place as usual. What is that, you know? That is a dream state. So dream is a state where all these luminaries which we experience in the waking state are not there. The sun in the dream is not this sun. The sun and moon and fire and speech that we experience in the dream are not these. Meaning dream is a state where no external light is available. And so we find that, all transactions take place. So, Atrayam purusha Sayam Jyotir Atma Eva Jyoti Sayam Aste, Palyate, Karamakurde, Vapalyate, Usmaragwa Emperor. It is in the light of the Atma, the self, the consciousness, in this Purushas So, this person is in the home, goes out, performs activities, comes back. So, dream is the typical state where no other light is available and still all the activities are going on. In what light? Light of what? In light of consciousness, light of self. Of course, in waking state also it is only light of self that is going on. But here, because many other lights are there, and because we think that we are carrying out activities in all this light, then it becomes a little difficult to make us understand that it is a light of self or the consciousness which enables it to perform it. A little difficult. But in dream state, it's very clear that there is no traditional light at all, and still it's all illumined. Who illumines that? So, Atrayam Purusha, Svayam Jyotir Bhavati, O oh, oh, Emperor, here in the theme state, this person, the Atma, is self-reflection. So, this is a very long, beautiful dialogue here. It's called Svayam Jyotir Brahmana, a section which discusses Svayam Jyotishtva. So, Tatrya, where in the Pruhbhadanika imposes itself. So, samākhyātah swayam jyote dhi samyak ākhyātah is clearly stated in so many words, svayam jyote So, in some places the statement is very clear, leaving no doubt. These statements are quoted here. You may find other statements which may not be as clear there that one. Here, however, the statements, the Upanishads that are quoted are very clear, samākṣyāda, samyakṣyāda hai. Meaning that it is very well stated, svam joderi pūrṣa This atma is svam joderi. Selfie self them. And what about this body? jadaḥ para-prakāśyosav. so. is this body? It doesn't shine on its own, it is jadaḥ. Jadaḥ means para prakashya. So in, in Vedanta, Jaram is inert, but what is inert? So that which shines in the bottom light, that which cannot reveal itself, is called jaram. That which reveals itself is called chetanam. And that which does not reveal itself is called jaram. Here in our day-to-day life, is chetanam means sentient and jaram means in, insentient. That's not the sense in which the words are used in Vedanta. Chetanam, that which reveals itself, Jadam, that which cannot reveal itself, for revealing the self which requires another light to so illuminate. So Only one entity is self-evolution. What is ayam purusha? Atma alone is self-evolution. The whole tameva bhaantam, anubhati the whole universe shines in the light of atma. <coughs> so this body is what? Jadam? Parapprakasya. Meaning the characters are totally contradictory. So total contrast between the body and the Atma. If there's some similarity, then the confusion can happen. How can confusion happen when these two images are totally contradictory? Contrary as far as characters are concerned. How can it be? That it is there is a different matter. Then Vashakara is a bhtyavah, this cannot be meaning what is happening in our life just cannot be logically explained at all. Where two entities which have totally contrasting characteristics, the two entities that can never coexist are nevertheless taken to be one. How can it? Nobody knows. Ignorance, Maya. Therefore we are pointed out as look what a colossal mistake we are making in taking the body to be Atma where the characteristics of the body are totally contrary atma are totally contradictory to those of the body. <coughs> All right, so these are the Shruti means Upanishads. Shruti means Veda. So, Astha Vinam Jnana Kanda, alright. So the statements quoted in verses so far are from Jnana Kanda, meaning from the Upanishads. But then vi. As you know, Veda has two basic sections, Karmakanda and Jnana Kanda. So, karma kanda is the section dealing with karma, the rituals and, you know, these things are prescribed. Kriyan kanda is of course, section dealing with knowledge, which is the subject matter here. But even if you look at karma kanda, then also, deha atma veda eva nirita, karma kanda also says that this body is not atma. What it says about Atma may not be acceptable to us, but it says one thing, that body is not Atma. Karma Kanda says Atma is karta, bhokta is do or enjoy, which is not acceptable to us. But one thing it definitely says, this body is not the Atma. So, says the next verse. (manyo) Roto Pikarma Kandena
0: Shatma de Hadvilakshan Nipyas Chitat
1: Meaning this section of Veda dealing with enjoying various duties and various, various actions and rituals. Just do this, do that, do that. So Karma Kanda, among many things that it says, Jyotishthomena, Svarga Kamo, Jyotishthomena, Yajeta. Svarga one who is desirous of or heaven, should perform a serenity ritual called Jyodhishthoma, whatever it is. It's a fire ritual. So these rituals as Agnihotra, Jyodhishthoma, these rituals are supposed to give us the result in the form of heaven. Meaning that you can go to heaven if you perform these rituals here. That's what people do. People undertake so much of exertion and trouble here in order that they may have a desired place in heaven. And more Punya Karma you do, better place you will have. You may have an apartment in the seventh story overlooking the park or the lake. All the same thing is there, you know, depends upon how much rent you can bear, how much punya you have. But then the people living on the earth aspire to go to heaven because they say that in heaven there is no pain, no hunger, no thirst. And so people want that, that's why everybody wants to go to heaven, that, that's how the Christians promised people that you will go to heaven. How Christianity was in fact propagated in, in the olden days. You look at this life, you miserable fellows here. But understand that there is a redemption. You can go to heaven where you will have eternal happiness. People want, that's how they join, you know. Because they showed the path of going to heaven. But that existed, in you know, a millennia over here because going to heaven is not unusual. So Vedas prescribe this from the day one. And this many people perform. Swaragya loke na bhaim kenthanasti na tatrattvam na jaraya binetiri avetirtva shishanaya pipase In Kathopanishat says Nasi to Lord Jumaraja, swarge loke na In the swarge loka, in the world of heaven, there is no fear. Fear stands for all kinds of other afflictions. Why? Na Oh Lord, death, you are not there. Meaning death is not there. Death may not be there, but you may get old. there is no old age also. You may remain young. So normally there are five states: birth, youth, and old age, and middle, age and middle, age, old age, and death. But so the last two are not there in heaven, up to youth. So they go three dasa. Devatas are those who enjoy in the three states, not five states. So who everybody wants to go to heaven. That's why Nityaketas says, "Give me that knowledge." The ritual by which I can go, I mean so I can ask people, those who want to go to heaven I can teach them. So this is well known. Now, one thing is very clear. Who goes to heaven? The one who performs the rituals here. The one with the karta, they perform the ritual here because bhokta becomes a experiencer of happiness in heaven. You follow? The karta becomes bhokta. So, Karma karmakanda what is it? Atma is karta and bhokta. You perform the ritual here, and by performing the ritual, you create a subtle effect called akurva, meaning a subtle karma flower is created, of which you can reap the benefit there, and you can enjoy happiness or pleasure in heaven. So, now that's all a matter of belief. The point is, one thing is certain. This body does not go to heaven, that everybody knows. So, you perform the ritual here, and you go to heaven when karma can What is that you? Body cannot be there, because body doesn't go to heaven. That means, Someone other than the body, who is karta, who performs the ritual here, becomes the becomes the experience of that. So, karmakanda also implies, this body is not ātma. So, that is what is quoted here. vi karmakandena, kya ātma dehā dvilakṣaṁ. Karmakanda also very clearly says that, ātma is dehā dvilakṣaṁ. Totally different from the body. <coughs> How do you say? It? See, this karma kanda may not say that atma is different from body. It is the. we, we arrive at by what? By inference. Because nityaschitat phalambhunte, the atma is nitya. Atma is, is deathless. Because it goes from this world to the other world. The death only applies to the body. Does not apply to Atma. The body is impermanent, perishable. It is, you know, Atma is imperishable. Immortal. After the fall of the body, the Atma experiences the Results of the rituals performed here, therefore atma is different from the body, because if body was atma then body will experience the things in heaven, but not. So you perform action here, you experience result, so you is what? Definitely different from the body. <coughs> oh, so you agree with Karma Kanda? that atma goes to heaven, is that what you mean? then ātma is karta-bhokta. See, who goes to heaven, they perform, they perform the ritual. So, Karmakanda implies that ātma is karta, meaning the performer of action, and bhokta the experience of the result. So, when we quote Karmakanda, therefore, wait a minute, is that what you also agree with? Me, you agree with Karmakanda? evaṁ Suddhi Vedanta, Apa Siddhanta Shara. You're quoting Karmakanda. But you can't mean what Karmakanda says because that will contradict your own Siddhanta. You Karmakanda says Atma is karta, Bhokta, the dual experience. That cannot be Vedanta. Vedanta says that Atma is actionless. So yes yes. We just quoted, you know, to say that Atma is different from the. So who goes there to heaven? Now, who goes to heaven? So he's a departed soul. So normally, you know, then may the departed soul rest in peace. So usually people think that Atma goes, you know, he goes from one body to the other or from one world to the other. So who transmigrates? Does Atma, the self, transmigrate? says, no, no, it is not the self that transmigrates. Who transmigrates? From one gross body to the other gross body? It is a subtle body that
0: transmigrates.
1: <coughs> so, this is a complex entity consisting of gross body and there is a subtle body within that, which is what enlivens this gross body. <coughs> Just as, there is this bulb in which there is a filament. So electricity, in fact, first of all, illumines the filament and that's how the light is there. So also the consciousness first enliven the subtle body because of which there is life. That's how the gross body becomes enlivened. So what is called death is separation of the Settle body from the gross body. Atma is not born, atma does not die, atma does not transmigrate, it cannot go from one to the other, because all pervasive is one. There is no place where atma is not, there is no time where other there can be transmigration in atma, understand? Even the people think that atma chala gaya. Chali gai, you know, Atma is a feminine way in Hindi, by the way, you know, so anyway. No, atma doesn't go. What goes? What we think is Atma. If we take subtle body to be Atma. Thereby we take gross body. So what happens is first the consciousness, we say, buddhi, the, the intellect, then the mind, sense, august. So, intellect, mind, sense, august together becomes subtle body, sukshma-shatriya. So, sukshma Why sukshma? Because it is not perceptible to the senses. Gross sthula is what? What is perceptive sense senses is called gross or sthula. So this is called sthula sharing because it is perceptible to the senses. But so the mind can be perceived. Intellect can be perceived. So subtle body is there but cannot be perceived. How do you say it is there? Only because the gross body is enlightened. When death happens, a moment ago the body was alive. Death happens, in one moment the body becomes lifeless. Otherwise this body is intact, nothing has happened. Swami has a smile on his face, you know, sometimes it's there. So, when a person passes away, you see no change at all. Sometimes even the smile on the face remains. Which means that no change has happened in the gross body as far as death is concerned. And still the gross body is no more sentient, is no more alive. What makes it insentient? What makes it dead? What makes it lifeless? Something which was present in the gross body so far has departed. That is what we call subtle body. You know, so it's called, that alone is referred to by the word soul. Although by soul they mean ātmā, but in fact what it means is subtle body. Therefore, I, ātmā identified with the subtle body is called jīvātmā. So who is jīvātmā? Who is soul or jīvātmā? ātmā, or the Self, identified with the subtle body is called jīvātmā. The jīvātmā requires a dwelling place. This gross body is the dwelling place for the Jīvātma, and the association that the Jīvātma has with this gross body is due to karma, prarabdha karma, due to destiny. When the prarabdha karma comes to an end, then there is nothing to keep this subtle body here, it departs, leaving the gross body. We call that phenomenon death. But if nothing happens, nobody is dying. Anything works, nobody works while has died. Anyway. Atma never dies. Even this gross subtle body also doesn't die. It is also, it is ongoing. <coughs> Since when? Since the time beginningless. And it will go on forever. Unless we do something about it. What do we need to do? Only when the knowledge takes place, and when I abide in knowledge I am Brahman, when ignorance is dispelled, then no need remains now to continue living. That we continue to live has a purpose, to fulfill the agenda. What's the agenda? Moksha or liberation is the agenda. And when the agenda is fulfilled in the wake of the knowledge, then you know, nothing remains to be done. <coughs> Still the wise person survives. As long as the body survives because there is the rarabhya destiny. Well, the destiny is over. Now there is no agenda there, but there is no new birth, no need forming reborn. Meaning that a subtle body no more now takes up the undergrossed body. What happens to the subtle body? The subtle body itself is an assemblage of a number of components. The five organs of perception, five organs of action, then what else? Five organs of perception, five organs of action, The five should come. What is what is it? Five pranas and then manah and then buddhi. The seventeen, you know this this the seventeen makeup is subtle body. All of them have come from a given source. So when now the ignorance is dispelled, when all agenda is over. When there is nothing to keep this individuality going on, at that time the the gross body, of course, merges into five elements at time of death. The subtle body also merges into its own sources, meaning that all these fellows go away. All organs of perception merge back into the sources. The sun is deciding the eyes, goes back there, the fraction of sun reflection of fire in an organ of so with the presiding deities all go away. Gritākala pañca-dajat-pratiṣṭhā, devasya sarve pratidevadasu deva Vijnānamayaś, Vijnānamayaś. So this Vijnānamaya also, so subtle body also, all that goes away, merges into it's Like a reflection merging back into the image. So the existence of subtle body, remains as long as there is ignorance. And once one abides in the knowledge, then the subtle body also has no reason to continue. And the various components of the subtle body, they merge into their sources. Therefore, no individuality remains. That's what we call videya mukti, meaning that liberation even after the death. Whatever Atma it ever is, it can never not be, ever is, ever shines. And so, there is no the kartrutva. The doership is where? Well in the subtle body. The enjoyership is in the subtle body. On account of identifying subtle body, I call myself a doer. On account of identifying subtle body, I call myself an enjoyer. So doership, enjoyership, all of this is in the subtle body. On account of identification, I brand myself. Or I entertain this notion or delusion that I am the doer, I am the enjoyer, I am the performer action. That's why I get stuck with the results. so the transmigration goes on. So we just quoted Karma Kanda. Which implies that the Atma is different from the body. But Karvaganda says that Atma is Karta and Bhokta. We say no, we don't say that. We say subtle body is Karta Bhokta. Atma is never Karta Bhokta. So that is what is stated in the next one. The subtle body also is not Atma. So that because of which we think that we are Karta Bhokta is subtle body. And that also is not atman. So that's called linga sharira. Settle body, linga sharira. So next verse tells us. Lingam cha me ka Chalam drushyam vikhaichas. Chalam drushyam vikhaichas.
0: asadrupam. katham syatpumāṇayam.
1: So, so far the word shari was used for gross body. Somehow that may imply that gross body is not the ātma, means subtle body is ātma. No, lingam ca anekasayuktam. A lingam. So, subtle body is called lingam. Also, sukshma shairam or linga shairam. Lingam. So, līnaṁ arthaṁ gamayate is lingam. So, that which enables us to understand what is otherwise not seen is called lingam, because linga Sharira enables us to gain the objects, the, the, the knowledge of various uh, uh, objects of the world. Aneka-sanyuktaṁ. <coughs> See, Aneka-sanyuktaṁ anekaihi sanyuktam, one, or anekaihi means what all, the same subtle body becomes connected with so many bodies. Today he is devata, then he is a human being, then he is something else, aneka sanyuktam. Or aneka sanyuktam, anekaihi, meaning that it is sanyuktam, it is made up of many, many parts, seventeen parts. The atma is one homogeneous self, so this subtle body, which is a conglomerate of or aggregate of a number of components, how can it be atma? Because that is composed of a number of components, will also separate, It's perishable. Atma is
0: imperishable.
1: <coughs> Abhyapakam, subtle body is confined to this one body, atma is all pervasive asad subtle body also is created, therefore, it mitya. Atma is satyam, kathaṁ tat kathaṁ therefore, even the subtle body also, how can it be Atma? So this verse points out the nature of the, contradictory nature of the characteristics of the subtle body and the Atma, thereby showing how subtle body also cannot be Atma does not qualify to be called ātmā. <clears throat> so first time we are, we brought a subtle body. So now the two bodies, gross body and subtle body. So there were next verses, concluding this discussion. evam
0: ātmā Purusha Sarvātmā sarvarupascha
1: Sarvātmā sarvarupascha Sarvāti toha Sarvāti toha So then what is the nishkarsha is it that we ultimately learn from the previous discussion? Eva minnish mainar Dehad dvaya danya ātmā ātmā da āe ki dhanyaya quite different from Dehadduyat, from this two-fold body, the gross body and the subtle body. Then who are you? So one thing is what? I am different from the gross and the subtle bodies. Then who who am I? Urusha. I am not gross body. I am not a subtle body. Who am I? Urusha. Purishethe is Purushaha, and the one, the indweller of the city is of the gross and subtle bodies. So this gross and subtle bodies together make up the city. Who am I? I am not the city, I am the indweller of the city. Purusha, Purishayanat Purushaha, the one who dwells in the city is called Purusha. Shriya <coughs> Adisthata, and, and the presiding deity, I am presiding over this, and the, and the, the witness, the presiding deity of this indwelling, the dwelling, I am the indweller, not the dwelling. <coughs> oh, but that Jiva Atma also lives inside, is that what you No, no, no. Ishwara. I am not Jiva, I am Ishwara. Ishwara is not ruler. Jiva is not ruled. No, Jiva Atma I am not, Ishwara I am. Who do you say you are Ishwara? This one says, I am Ishvara. What do you mean you are Ishvara? You mean you can create the universe? No, no, not that way. Jīvātmā is what? The one who dwells in this one upādi. Ishvara who dwells in all the upādi. Sarvatmā, I am the self of all. Oh, you are the self of all. So self is one and non-self is another one says, no, no, sarva Your so-called non-self also is nothing but I. Because sarva I pervade everything, at the same time I transcend everything. That is imperishable I. So this is the conclusion, or this is what we derived from the discussion earlier evam, dehadvayat, anya-atma. In this manner the Atma, the self-I, is completely different from the two-fold body of gross and subtle bodies. Now, atma, the very subject and not the object. Purusha, I am the indweller of this subtle body and not the subtle body of gross body itself. I am not the jiva, I am not the dependent one, I am not the helpless, helpless one, I am the Ishvara, I am independent. Because I am Sarvatma, self of all, not confined to an upari. So Rupa I am alone in all these various forms. So you are not pervading, I pervade everything? Oh, you pervade everything? You are the self of all? See what problem is? When you declare that I am the self of all, oh, you are in dog also? Yes? Self of cat? Yes? Of a thief? Yes. A saint? Yes. Sinner? Yes. Oh, then you are changing. This fool is born, he grows old, he is dying and all these fools are changing. That means you are constantly changing or what? If you are the self of all, if you are dwelling in all of them, are you happy? and So this will happy and happy constantly changes are going on. If you are the self of everybody, then you are a mahasamsari. Being in one's, in Upadi, his self is enough, you know, enough of a problem to become self of all these fellows, you know, he is miserable. Sarva, Sarva sa, I am pervading everything. He says, pervading everything, but not affecting. Because Sarva Tita, because I transcend everything. For example, you know, the actor can say, Sarva Rupoham, I'm the king, I'm the beggar, I'm the minister, I'm the hero, I'm the villain. wow! So then you are begging and you're miserable? Yes and no. As though beggar, as though king, because sarvāt, I transcend them all. So one who pervades must necessarily transcend. Like the actor that pervades all the roles, same time, transcends also. I pervade everything, same time. I transcend everything. I pervade meaning that nothing is apart from me. I transcend meaning that I'm not affected by anything. <coughs> I'm not changing, I'm ever changeless. i I'm not ahankara, I'm even the very witness of ahankara. That's what I am. <coughs> so, this was the ātma, anātma viveka, the nature of knowledge. <coughs> so in all these verses, basically what has been emphasized is Atma is different from Atma. The gross body is anatma non-self. The subtle body is anatma non-self. And Atma is totally distinct from that. So now what has happened is, all right, you are not the gross body, you are not the subtle body, you are different from them. But at least that means that you are one and the body is another one, isn't it? You are the indweller of the body, so invalid is different and dwelling is different. So while establishing that the self is different from the body, by body I mean gross and subtle body, you seem to be implying two entities, the self and non-self. That's the pra- Atma-anatma viveka, discrimination or separation of atma from anatma. That simply imply what? The duality. Atma is one entity, anatma is another entity. Then what's the point? Even you are accepting this duality. And so verse 41 asks this question. <coughs> etyaatmadeha
0: bhageena parpanchashye va satyada yathokta tarkashastrena tatah <imitation> kim if this
1: is what you say That you are not the body, you are not the mind, you are not the gross body, you are not a subtle body. All right? But in so saying, you simply declaring that you are one entity and the body is another entity. Iti atma is ātma-deha-bhāgena. When you thus do bhāga, the division of the ātma and the deha, when you thus assert that Atma is different from the Deha, different from the body. That Atma is one reality, Deha is another reality. That means that you appear to be giving the same degree of reality to the body when you say, I am not this. Meaning that, that is different, I am different. Which means that that thing also stands apart from you, it stands different from you. It is independent of you. You are independent of that. It is, so I am independent of this. When you say that I am independent of the body, it means that body also is independent of you. So atma is independent. The body is independent. Atma is one real entity. Body or anatma is another entity. Atma is satyam. Anatma is satyam. You understand what I am saying? Thus when you ātma-anātma-viveka separating ātma from Anatma that I am ātma, I am the self, the body is not ātma. The gross and subtle body is not ātma. All right. You are not gross body, you are not subtle body. But by saying this, you seem to be implying that you are different from the body, you are saying. When you say, I am not the body, Which means what? I am different from the body. So when you say, I am different from the body, you are in a way saying that the body also is different from you, isn't it? I am not the body. I am not the gross body. I am not subtle body. Meaning what? I am different from the gross body different from subtle body. I am different from anātma." So, ātma is different from anātma, therefore anātma also is different from ātma. Then only you can say, isn't it? When can you say, I am different from the body only when body is different from you, is it not so? When can you separate the ātma from ātma? If ātma is separate, anatma, like the two things are Rice and dal is mixed up. You know, so dal picking, rice picking. There are stones in the rice, so they call rice picking. Stone picking. What about picking? When can you pick? When the two things are different, so separation. Separating rice from the stone. Stone is one entity, rice is another entity. So when we talk of separation, naturally two entities are employed where one entity is separated from the other. So now here two entities are there, Atma and Anatma. And you said that Atma is separate from Anatma. Which seems to imply that Anatma also is separate from Atma. Then alone separation can take place, it is not so. When can you separate Atma from Anatma? When Atma is separate from Anatma? When can Atma be separate from Anatma? Anatma also is separate from Atma, is it not so? So number one, you say I am not Anatma, I am not the body. I am distinct from the body. I am separate from the body. Okay, granted. By that you mean that you seem to imply that you are separate from the body, the body also is separate from you. You follow? In which case, these two stand what? In contrast to each other. Atma is not the body, body is not the Atma. It's called duality. Remember what we say in duality? Mutual exclusion. Two is not duality. Mutual exclusion. Atma excludes anatma, Atma, an Atma excludes an Atma. Then we say that Atma and Atma are two different entities. That is called duality. So, by now asserting in so many verses that I am not the body, ah, I am different from them, that means I am separate, then you are meaning that the anatma also is separate from you. That means that you seem to be accepting the duality between atma and anatma. Yes, then there is, no, there is no moksha. Why? Because <laughs> dhitiyadvay bhayam bhavati Upanishad says that when there is duality, When there is division, when there is mutual exclusion, there is always fear. When I feel that you are separate from me and I am separate from you, then there is always sense of isolation and fear and insecurity and fear which means samsara. Therefore, when there is duality, there cannot be freedom from samsara. Freedom from samsara can be only when there is non-duality. They cannot fear in one. I cannot be afraid of myself. They cannot, rather, Vesha in one. I cannot attachment for myself. I can't say, oh, I love this, this little finger and I hate this big finger. I can't say that because it's all I. So, rather and dvesha cannot be within one. Moment there are two, which are separate, Either I like it or dislike it it helps me or hurts me, favorable and unfavorable, likable dislikeable, both are changing. So now likable this, so rajan Bishal will be there. I'm always threatened. That's why you take away something from me. There's always fear. So moment two independent entities come, who stand in contrast to each other, who exclude each other. There is no freedom from fear and insecurity. But even if I, the Vedan means Ishvara also stands apart from Jiva. Then also the Jiva cannot be totally free because he still feels excluded by Ishvara. And he excludes Ishvara. That is incomplete. So that way he now attacks you. So oh you are saying that I am not the body, I am separate from the body. Alright. It is In this manner, the bhāga means the division. Thus, by asserting the division between ātma and the Deha, or ātma and atma you should be implying that ātma is separate from the body and body is separate from ātma. Then, body becomes as real as ātma because it is independent. It enjoys independent existence. What is real? drag which enjoys independent existence. So Vedanta would call that real. What is real? Drag which enjoys independent existence. Atma is self-existing. Self-shining, self-complete, so is Satya. If body also stands apart from Atma, then body exists on its own. That means it is as real as Atma. Then two equally real entities are there then the prapan- becomes satya. Parapan satyada he This is what happens when you play this chess, you know, and you do this, and that fellow comes and, and you know, So this is what he attacks you. What, what do you call it? Huh? Check. So, he allowed you to argue all the time and declare that I am not the anatomist. When you say that, that means you are asserting the duality. That is, that is prapancha. You are giving sratyata, real to duality, prapancha. Then you are no different from these tārkīkās. all those fellows who arrive at the understanding of truth through reasoning always arrive at duality. First thing that all these fellows who are tārkīkās means were nāhi-āidra, the schools of thought. So Vaisheshika is one, Nayyayika is one, Sankhya is one, Yoga is one, and pure Mimamsaya, all these five fellows, all of them give reality to the world. All these schools of thought are based on giving reality to the universe, because that's what you see. It's tangible world. I am always threatened, I always... So, it has realized me. So, what Tarka? When you arrive at the conclusion of Shri, what the truth is, you begin by giving reality to the world, giving reality, divide, and then you arrive at what is the Satyam. So, that is what Tarka is. So, whether it is Vaisheshikas, sankhya, all of these fellows, even Purumimamsakas, all of them give, take for granted that the world is real, that Jivatma is real, that suffering is real, and that you do something, you become free from suffering. Bondage is real, suffering is real, do this, 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 come to church, come to this, come to that, then we will redeem we'll you, and then we will take you. to So, that is how you are controlled. Because you are bound. Yathokta Tarkashtriana all shastra and tarkashastra da class everything is Tarka. Because they arrived from reasoning. You start from shruti, then it's a different thing. Start from reasoning. So if you want to start from what you experience and not arrive at the, the what the like science does, then you can never arrive at non duality because you begin with duality and therefore all reasoning will only end duality. So even science also keeps the subject separate from the object. He investigates that, leaving him aside, you know. <coughs> anyway, kim purushata, then what are you going to achieve this? As long as divine is real. Kim Purushata, Purushata, what human end can you achieve? How can there be moksha? Even if you get liberated, like imagine say, I'm I'm Atma, I am immortal. I am, you know, okay. But Anātma stands con- in contrast to you. So, if today you are born because of identity with Anātma, what's the guarantee that again that identification will not take place? You know, it may happen. Because Anātma stands apart from you. So, as long as duvarity is there, so long there cannot be moksha. Kim Purusha, you can have Artha Dharma, Artha Kama. You can go to heaven, all right. Eartha, you can have prosperity. Kama, you can have pleasure, all that stuff you can. Moksha, you can have. Kim purusha So now, now the uh, reasoning or argument now follows on a different line. So when you say something, then you are trapped in another way. So now you have to come out of this trap as to how I am separate from the body, but body is not separate from me. How B is equal to A, but A is not equal to B. So that's the equation now that comes. How there is non-duality in spite of the
0: apparent duality. We'll see. <coughs> Om Puramadapuramidam Puramadachade Purnasya Purnama Daya Purnameva De Om Shanti Shankaram Shankaracharyam Keshavam Bhadarayanam Sutra Bhashya Krutau Vande Bhagavan Tau ईश्वरों Guru Ratme De Murti Vedavibhagine Vyoma Hari Sri Guru